We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, I think I know how you're doing, but I'm going to ask anyways, how you doing? Let's go! It's fantastic to be here, Jared. Ah, it's good. It's good to be an Angels fan if you're listening to this podcast. Yes, the Angels signed a pitcher. If you didn't know this already, if you didn't look at the title... If you're not on social media, if the Angels haven't reported it yet because you only listen to this podcast and aren't on social media or something like that, yes, Rysel Iglesias back to the Angels, four years, $58 million. Nate, I'll say it one time for you and one time only. Angels have a the, their closer of the future for the next four years. Let's get some initial thoughts. How are you feeling? I'm doing fantastic. We, we need to mark this one down because you mentioned closer and you know, I'm a huge closer guy. I think it's a big deal, and you you're starting to uh, to become a closer guy. It, it's it's a slow transition, but we're working our way there. Well, something that I've learned over the past couple years after watching players struggle is that I think that players need to be put in the right spots, and the right spot for Rysel Iglesias is obviously the ninth inning. So if you can have a lead going into the ninth inning. I'd expect Rysel Iglesias to close it out. Nate, off the record, we talked kind of about this Rysel Iglesias thing. You mentioned an ERA, I believe, over the past three years or so. I don't know. Do you still have that, what it, what it, might, what it was? Yeah. Uh, last year was his fifth year out of his last six of an ERA under three. That's pretty good. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yes. And, of course, this is only reported right now. First report on it was Ken Rosenthal. Uh, Who's never wrong? What was it? Who's never wrong? Who's never wrong, yes. You you are correct about that. 100%. Yeah, big news coming out of Angels camp last night. This morning for everybody, you know, big day for Angels fans. They signed a pitcher, a legitimate pitcher, second or third, I guess, one of the year, if you consider Aaron Loop, though we are looming now on a... Fourth pitcher. 
fourth pitcher. Yes, oh, and Lorenzen, correct. Yeah, fourth big, fourth, you know, pitcher signed. So I don't think anybody can really, you know, go out there and complain about already not spending money on pitching. I know, I know that we can kind of get into it now, I guess, a little bit as, you know, we roll forward with this podcast. Let's give the Angels fans just a little bit of hope. I know before the Rysela Iglesias signing, you know, fans were down on their luck a little bit. They weren't feeling it, but Nate, give some parting words, and I'll try to give some parting words as well. Um, you know, just to give a little bit of hope to Angels fans. I know that Iglesias is signed, and, and Angels fans are going to be riding a high for the next couple of days, but there is a lockout looming. H- however, you know, with pitching, give the Angels fans just a little bit of hope. Just words of advice. Yeah, well, I'm actually not that disappointed that they missed out on Robbie Ray, uh, Kevin Gosman. I know a lot of Angel fans were super, super disappointed. Like, oh, man, we missed out on Robbie Ray. We missed out on Kevin Gosman. Uh, I'm a little disappointed we missed out on John Gray just because of the, the money he got. But, I mean, you, you dive into the numbers, and yes, I know Robbie Ray won the Cy Young last year. Yes, I know Kevin Gosman was a potential Cy Young Award winner the past year and a half. Um but you, you really dive into the numbers. You look at the FIP minus, which I'm a huge fan of because it does bring into effect the ballpark you play in. And I think that's a big deal when it comes to pitchers. You look at um, John Gray pitched in Colorado. A lot of starts. He pitched in Arizona. A lot of starts. And, you know, those are not easy places to pitch in. And his career FIP minus in the major leagues is 88. You want to be lower the average for a pitcher is 100. So the closer to zero you are, the better you are. Um, I believe if you look like at Kershaw or Scherzer's best year, they're in like the mid-30s, maybe low-30s. So, um, But for a career ERA to get $14.5 million at FIP 88, it's pretty good. Now you look at FIP minus for Robbie Ray and Kevin Gosman, they're in the 96 to 90. 91, 96 range, which would be worse than John Gray, and they're getting paid double the amount of John Gray. So in their careers, Robbie Ray and Kevin Gosman have not been as good of a pitcher if they were all pitching in the same yard as John Gray, which I think is a big deal. I think John Gray is going to have a great year in Texas. I'm a little disappointed about that. But, you know, Robbie Ray and Kevin Gosman, they they pitched when it mattered most. Um, And I think that's a big deal. They pitched – right before free agency, made sure to make their money, and and now we'll see who they are. I mean, I know I gave you a good comparison yesterday. I think you tweeted it out, Robbie Ray um, and Kikuchi, pretty similar guys. And you look into the numbers, you dive deep, and they are really, really similar. So um, not too disappointed with that. I think the smarter route for the Angels right now is to go get a shortstop and you know trade some of that young shortstop depth they have. They have – Four of their top 15, three of their top six are shortstop prospects. So go get a Trevor Story, go get a Carlos Correa, and then take those two guys and turn it into another starting pitcher. Because you look at what some of these guys are getting for being very average pitchers in their career. Um, They're getting $23, $25 million. And according to the numbers, they're barely above average. So why not just go trade your two starting shortstops of the future, Kyron Paris, Jeremiah Jackson, guys like that, and turn it into a guy like maybe John Means. Maybe uh, maybe the Marlins are willing to, to trade Sixto Sanchez or one of their young guys 
maybe Oakland's willing to trade with you. So there's a lot of teams that are willing to move starting pitching, and it's not going to cost you $25 million a year. Absolutely. I mean, first to start off, I'm in full agreement with you on that. I I think that, first off, you got to go get a shortstop. 100%, I'm all for that. You know, whether I, I like story uh, at the moment, I know that everybody's in on the Korea for some reason. Um, I don't know the situation with shortstops. I know the Angels have been rumored to be in on one. Are they in on a shortstop or not? I don't know. I don't, I, I really don't know. So, um, as far as it goes with Robbie Ray and Kevin Gosman, and, and I'll, I'll say this right now be happy that the Angels didn't get Gosman or Ray. I know that they're starting pitching. I know that one of them's coming off the Cy Young, who, I mean, hot take here, didn't deserve the Cy Young, in all honesty. I know, Nate, you, I kind of had to persuade you a little bit on that as we were talking off the record, but I think at the end of the day, you slightly agreed with me uh, on it. I thought that Garrett Cole should have won it handedly, easily. I thought that Nathan Evaldi should have been in the mix. There was no reason for Robbie Ray to, to win it. I get that he pitched a lot of innings, meaningful innings in, in the East, so be it, but there's no reason for Robbie Ray to get... I, there is a reason for Robbie Ray, Ray to get that money. I, I totally understand it. However, I'm glad the Angels didn't spend that money on Robbie Ray. I think that that's, a, that's an issue waiting to happen with the Angels. If it, you know, With the walk rate that was pretty high in... in, a, in not Atlanta, but in Arizona. Uh, I, I just worry about Robbie Ray. I really do. It's probably it's it's a good thing. I'll tell you this now, guys, that the Angels did not sign Robbie Ray. As far as Kevin Gosman, I trust that a little bit more. I worry about the elbow and the split finger. There isn't a long track record on both of these guys. 100%, not a track, not a long track record. When you look at it, Robbie Ray wasn't. He, he got traded for a no name, who actually I think is already retired. Uh, when he got when he went to Toronto the last year from Arizona. They were talking about DFAing him. That's when I wanted the Angels to trade him. It would have been a fantastic trade, obviously. And you look at you look at Gosman, you know, and yes, he might have reinvented his career with San Francisco, and San Francisco is doing a fantastic job of that right now. Um, however, I worry about the split finger. I worry about the injuries, and I worry. I mean, he was a reliever at one point. It's that's that's not. I, I just worry about that. There's not a long track record with Gosman, and I'm I'm a big believer in the track record guy. And when you're looking at track record, you know you you, you want one of those guys. Go get Marcus Stroman. I know that there's a little bit of an injury track record there, and you kind of worry, in a sense, about the track record and how long, you know, he's been good. But I mean, he's been pretty good for a lot longer than either one of those guys, and he's probably going to cost less. And the same goes for somebody like John Gray. Or somebody like Steven Matz, like, you know, that that was so much less money. I, I would have paid John Gray an extra 10 mil on, on that deal, 100%. Like, I know we are both big believers in, in John Gray, but at the moment, you're, when you look at the Angels, it's got to be a shortstop next, or it's got to be another starting pitcher. So I think that we can kind of get back onto the reliever mix. I know we just kind of went on a little bit of a rant, but Rysel Iglesias, we've, everybody's got to kind of be happy about that. It's big to see him back. The Angels have a legitimate closer for the first time since Houston Street, for the first time since Francisco Rodriguez, for the first time time since Corey Percival. You know, however you want to say it, the Angels have a legitimate closer at the back end of that bullpen. Nate, that's the last time you'll ever hear me say that. So let's talk about this bullpen a little bit. At the moment, it's going to be Rysel Iglesias. They brought back Mike 
Myers at the moment. Uh, they tendered his his contract. They you never know where they could let him go. They could DFA him. Though he's been good in the second half. He if you go look at his second half stats, I think he had a one or a two seven one ERA in thirty one innings or something like that. And in at the end of uh, last season, so there's there's something working there. They obviously like him. Uh, Aaron Loop, the lefty. Um, Austin Warren, I think, is somebody that's probably going to make the pen. Uh, maybe Michael Lorenzen at some point is going to be coming out of the pen. I know that they're going to think of him as a starter, but I, I don't know. It'll be interesting with Lorenzen. I don't know where how they use him. I know that the wheels are probably already turning with Joe Madden, and we'll probably see on the press conference with Lorenzen what he says and maybe what Madden says and what Perry says, how they're going to use him. And I, I honestly believe that Sam Bachman is, is going to be in the mix for that for a spot. You know, you look at what Chris Rodriguez did last year. Granted, he's hurt now. But, you know, Bachman's a lot already higher than where Rodriguez was. And Rodriguez pitched as high as high A. So I think that's what you got to, you know, you got to push with. And I think there's probably two more spots you got to fill. I don't know how you feel it. There's a lot of guys in the mix that you can you can pick from but yeah i think that that's going to be the uh the extent of of the bullpen i don't know if you have any other you know players you like in those bullpen spots though nate i don't know if we brought up jaime Berea. um he's got he's got options i believe so yep, it's yes, either make the roster or dfa him so or cut him basically so um that's going to be a guy to keep an eye on um he could be in a trade too this this off season. We don't really know what's going on with him, but um, if if we were telling you what the bullpen's going to look like, you know, if the season started tomorrow, uh, Jaime Berea would probably be in the bullpen. Absolutely, no, I I think so too. I think he pitched well enough, and you have that multi inning, you know, throwaway inning type of guy. Like if you need to eat innings out of the bullpen, your starter doesn't do it. I think Berea is that guy, and he's kind of proven to be that guy, and, and we talked about right spots. That seems to be the right spot for, for Jaime Berea. You know, a guy that's going to eat innings, a guy that can be a spot starter, a guy that, you know, can pitch out of the bullpen. So, yeah, I'm with that. I think Berea makes it as well. So I think you're down to one, maybe two spots. Knock on wood, there's no injuries, and and, you know, there's a lot of, interesting pieces that the angels have for the bullpen and and i'm gonna guess we'll learn uh as the days and weeks go on so nate final question i know we already mentioned this but what do we think is next for the angels actually two-part question what would you like out of the angels and what do you think the angels will do so i was asked this question off the record earlier um i'm gonna answer it the same way uh i think what I would like to see is them go get a shortstop. I, I don't really care if it's Trevor Story or Carlos Correa. Um, I know Carlos Correa is going to bring some baggage with the cheating and, you know, Noah Syndergaard's comments a, a couple, what, a week ago. So that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But I feel like, honestly, and I will be guilty of this too, if Carlos Correa goes out there in the first week and, you know, goes two for three, hits a bomb the first game, second game goes two for three. And, you know, you look up after the first week, he's got two or three homers, he's hitting 400. I'm not really going to care what he did in Houston. I'm going to say, this is a new chapter, he's an angel, and I'm really glad he's an angel. So I, I know 
that's not exactly the best way to look at it, but I think that's what a lot of Angel fans would do if Carlos Correa comes and performs. You know, that's all you're looking for him to do is go out and perform. So um, I think Trevor Story would be great as well. He can play shortstop. He, he's a pretty good defender. He's got some speed. He's got the power. Um, he's a little bit older than, than Correa, but I think he can play shortstop for many years to come for the Angels. So, I would go get a shortstop, and then I would take Jeremiah Jackson, Kyron Paris, uh, Griffin Canning, package them together, maybe maybe even just Canning and, and Jackson or Canning and Paris, whatever it is, and, and go find that go find that next starter. I think I, I really like the Michael Lorenzen signing, looking at some of these relief pitcher signings. Daniel Hudson getting $7 million more than Michael Lorenzen um, is crazy because I think Michael Lorenzen is a better pitcher than Daniel Hudson. Um, and Daniel Hudson, like we talked about, the bullpen's vital. Like, you know, he's been really, really good at times, and he's been really, really bad at times. He's been DFA'd, and he's been the reason the Nationals won the World Series um, for the bullpen. So Michael Lorenzen, I really like the signing, looking at it now. Um, and the other thing that's great about Michael Lorenzen is the fact that he is a starter slash reliever. So if – if we're not 100% sure if maybe Bachman, you know, maybe he's close to being ready and it's like, hey, let's let Lorenzen start for the first month or two. And if he's doing well, then, you know, we don't need to rush Bachman. If he's not doing well, then, you know, we'll see if Bachman's ready and bring him up and move Lorenzen to the pen. So I think it gives the Angels a lot of flexibility with their, with their rotation. Um, what I think is going to happen. I think they are going to sign a shortstop. I think Artie is really, really looking to go get another offensive player. Um, I know that they've talked about pitching all offseason, but I think he's going to go get a shortstop. The problem is I think they aren't going to go get a Chris Bassett or a Sixto Sanchez or John Means or you know one of those top-tier um, trade guys. I, I still don't believe Luis Castillo is a real option for them. But I, I think what you're going to see them do is, is – they're going to go cheap on the trade market like they've, they've done in the past where they've gotten a Dylan Bundy and Alex Cobb. Um, I, the name that I came up with, which um, will, will upset some people if it actually happens, would be was Joe Ross of the Nationals. The Nationals would be willing to, to move him very cheaply. So I, I know that would be very upsetting, but... I feel like that's a that's a very typical Angels offseason move where it's hey we uh, we did get a splash we got we got Syndergaard we got Lorenzen we got some you know high risk high reward pitching and then you know we traded for a a starter who low risk low reward or medium reward I guess is the way to look at it so um, that's what I think hopefully I'm wrong and hopefully it's more of what I what I envision but we'll see. Yeah, as far as the as the next move goes, I like to think that they'd go after a shortstop. Just just get your shortstop in the future and see where it goes from there. Kind of interesting that you mentioned Correa because I think we'll talk about him in a second because I actually have a Correa question for you. Kind of kind of an interesting question, um, and I think the big thing, not that you mentioned it because you you said it, but is the depth. You know, is is how much depth the Angels have now, and we've seen it. The Angels have been able to bring up young guys, and they've also been able to to produce obviously young guys when they bring them up. But they've also been able to get guys that have been DFA'd 
Tyler Wade in a sense, and also acquire guys in the free agent market, Aaron Loop, and now Rysel Iglesias, who I know was on the Angels last year, but he was still on the free agent market. So the Angels have really kind of been able to do it all lately, and it's been really nice to see that. So let's move on to my Carlos Correa question for you. And everybody had been talking about Correa. There had been a rumor. I don't it. I don't know how true it is. I'm not going to say it's not true, but I don't know how exactly true it is that the Angels had offered Correa a 10-year deal uh, for 300 and something million dollars. If that's you know the correct amount, whatever. It's it's not worth. It's not even you know worth mentioning it to be honest. So my question to you is: Would you rather Carlos Correa sign with the Angels? Or would you rather him sign with an AL West rival? And I know that you've already said that you know you would you'd like to see Correa, but I think you kind of understand my question there. Like, if you're not getting Correa, he's going to an AL West rival. Or would you rather sign him to keep him from going to an AL West rival? Hint, hint. The Rangers, who I don't think they're going to go after Correa, but they've spent a lot of money, so I'm not going to doubt that they would go after him. Yeah, absolutely. And for me. Knowing that if you go sign Carlos Correa, it, it does make the Astros worse. Um, you go sign Carlos Correa, it does make sure that the Rangers don't just absolutely explode this offseason. Um, it makes sure that the Mariners probably aren't in on this as well. So I, I really would, would love to see it, honestly, because it, I, I think, honestly, 95% of baseball would put Carlos Correa as the most hated player in baseball. Uh, like fan bases would say Carlos Correa is the most hated player in baseball. Dodger fans, Yankee fans, Angel fans, you name it. The only person who would not say that is Astro fans. Um, and I think he's one of those guys where it's like you, you hate him when he's on other teams, but when he's on your team, you love him. Because uh, he just brings that, that passion. Um, he brings that energy. And he just brings that will to win um, at attitude. So, yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty easy one for me, especially knowing that if he goes to Seattle and rakes, or if he goes to Texas and rakes, I'm gonna hate him even more. Knowing that, like you said, the Angels most likely gave him an offer, and he went to go play somewhere else. And not only is he on another team, he's probably killing us too. Yeah. Absolutely. I just thought it was kind of an interesting question to kind of you know bridge the gap there. And we had already been talking about Correa, so I'm with you on that. I would can I know it's not going to happen, but if he's going to go to an AL West rival, can it be Oakland? Is that fair? Like I know it's not going to happen, but Oakland hasn't spent three hundred million dollars on an entire team in I don't know how long. You think they're going to spend three hundred million dollars on a player? Well, I, I think we're going to talk about solutions to. Any type of lockout that's that's looming, and that's definitely looming in the back of our heads right now. But um, but I think a solution to the lockout is going to be Oakland spending more money, and, and we'll go into depth when the lockout happens and and everything like that. But um, but yeah, you know, good day for the Angels in general. You know, Rasel Iglesias super excited about that. Angels got their closer of the year. Last thing that I want to talk about, I don't know if you saw the reports that came out today. And interesting that they're coming out with all the CBA collective bargaining agreements and, and such like that. But you see that baseball is using two different balls? I did. Interesting. A little bit, yes. I, I don't know what to take from this. Like, 
uh, I, I also saw, <laughs> and I don't know how true this is, but I saw somebody quoted that Manfred was saying that, you know, you put the you put the ball you put the the Super Bowls you know you put the balls that have a little bit more juice in them in the big time games the Boston Red Sox games the Yankee games the those type of games and then I think he also then he quoted saying and I don't know how true this is give the the dead balls to the lower games so like Texas against Oakland and and games like that so I don't know I kind of want to get your thoughts on this it's 110% plausible I don't know how true it is I think a scientist came out with it too and said that yeah there are there were two different balls being used um I mean I'll give my opinion as a player I'd be pissed you know because nobody knew about this and and you know thinking about it now we should have known about this it's um it's very well known that you know the balls are kind of all over the place but um but yeah I'd be I'd be kind of mad as a player as a as a pitcher in particular or somebody that got that got raked or somebody that you know got um you know got DFA'd after giving up a lot of runs I wouldn't I wouldn't be all that happy you know Yeah I, I understand it um the, the one thing that I would be really upset about if I was a pitcher about the two different baseballs is like wait a minute so so we were allowed to use foreign substance for half the for a month and a half and the hitters couldn't hit. And then we're going to take the foreign substance away from the pitchers and we're going to add juice balls to this as well. Like, come on, how, how much advantage can we give these guys? Um, so, so that's what I would be really upset about is, is the foreign substance on top of the two different baseballs. But um, yeah, this feels like a very Rob Manfred type move. Um, you know, just lack of feel is what it feels like right now. And um, I, I think it's obviously it came out right before uh, the lockout, so fans have an easy finger to point at. And I, I don't think that this was really going to be a hard decision for fans or players on who to point the finger at. But, um, yeah, that's very convenient timing. I think that this story needed to be out, though, because this is absolutely ridiculous that – we have people who, who can't even keep the rules straight and they're in charge of the rules. So don't even get me started on this. No, no I'm with you on it. You know, if we want to vent, we can vent a little bit because I'm in full agreement with this. 100%. I'm in full agreement with you on this one. You know, like you take away the sticky stuff and that's fine. You know, that that's cool. Whatever. You know, if you want to take away movement and, and try to increase, you know, the hitting that way, that's fine. Do it legally. But then to go behind the players' backs and say, "No, you know what? We're gonna use, we're gonna use, um, you know, we're gonna use these juice balls, and, and and continue to do this, and and not just throw out the normal balls and, and such like that." And there's no, I I haven't looked up stats. I mean, I'm sure you can go and look at the stats after the, you know, after those games, and, and look at the primetime games. Like if you were to look at Monday or the Sunday night baseball games, you know, I'm sure that. <laughs> I'm sure that you'd see an increase in runs, you know, I, I almost guarantee you, or, or those big games that were televised, you know, I'm sure that you, you're going to see an increase in runs, but I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you, you know, it feels like pitchers are being targeted in general, and, and do we dare blame Trevor Bauer for this? I feel like this is all Trevor Bauer's fault. Is that a weird thing to say? Like, not that I, not that we should blame Trevor Bauer, but it definitely feels like you should blame Trevor Bauer for this, if we're, if you're going to blame a player. 
Yeah, but I just don't want to give him the satisfaction of, of him hearing his name as part of anything right now. I mean, that guy's going around saying Max Scherzer signed a short deal, uh, a shorter deal for for a lot of money. Like, get out of here! You know, that dude, that dude's thirty seven years old. There's a reason he signed that contract. It has nothing to do with you. So he's uh, I don't almost want to even give he's him the almost ten years. Of his name in anything. He's almost ten years older than than. Um... Scherzer or ba- Scherzer is almost ten years older than Bauer, and he's making thirty mil a more thirty million more f- on the same amount of years. Like I'm in full agreement with you. Like I don't even get me started on Bauer. Like, I don't want to put his name in this. Bring his name up. No, I, I did bring his name up. You're 100 percent, and and I apologize for that because it's my fault. And I know we shouldn't be talking about unnamed names. And I guess from now on we'll we'll call it the forbidden name. We won't actually bring up his name, but I I would love to blame the forbidden name on this one. I really would like it, 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 this is where it all stems from, you know, like the one guy who tries, uh, I, I don't want to bring this up because it's, it's not, now you start, now we start getting political, but the one guy that like steps out of the box to, to try to get, you know, certain things and obviously Bauer now being where he's at and who knows if he's ever going to play baseball again, but you know, steps out of the box to try to make things better. And it was cool at the time, you know, it's cool to see all the background stuff. But, like, when you're going out there and, like, actively promoting this sticky stuff and, like, actively promoting things and talking about, you know, the association, the MLB, in, in certain ways that you shouldn't be, you know, you kind of screw it for the players. And, and I understand why the players don't like him. You know, like, I know this has turned into a Trevor Bauer talk or the, un, or the forbidden name, you know, talk. I, I And we probably shouldn't be getting into it. But I feel like this is where it kind of stems from. And it's a... And it's a shame as we're sit- he's sitting there, you know, looking at everybody laughing, you know, that, oh, baseball's in a lockout, you know, that we're not going to have baseball for another couple, who knows how long, you know? It could be a year, it could be, you know, five, I don't know how long it's going to be. It's, it's, a, it's a damn shame. So, yeah, you know, I think let's let's not talk about that. We, we're going to, I we may end up doing a podcast tomorrow um, talking about the lockout. And if that happens, I'm. it seems like it's going to. So we'll we'll kind of see how it goes and play it out and see if the Angels sign anybody tomorrow and see, you know, just kind of where it goes. So, Nate, any final thoughts before we let everybody go? The one thing I saw when I was doing some reading on um, the two different baseballs, some teams could have been given the older baseballs, more of them, than the newer baseballs. And those guys might have hit better. And some of the guys, you know, maybe, maybe on teams who didn't have – or maybe – Teams who had guys on down years, like multiple guys on down years, maybe they were given a little bit more than new balls. So, interesting thought. Um, maybe it wasn't fair across the board. And, you know, that could be a reason why some teams were in the playoffs and some teams weren't. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it, like I said, it, it sucks that it has to get like this. I don't think there's any other sport that does this. Um, and, and it's just starts to be a damn shame so guys thanks so much for listening to this podcast here at talking halos making us the best angels podcast out there I really do appreciate it if you could subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it leave us a review wherever you're listening to it, whether it's good or bad really do appreciate it follow us on all of our social medias if you want to come on here for talking halos shoot us some talking fans shoot us a message at talking halos on twitter you can shoot myself a message and go follow me on twitter jared underscore tim shoot nate a message and go follow him on twitter Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, 
we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.